Welcome to Numb Bills Fan Podcast, episode number 187. I'm your host today, David Palermo. As always, follow along on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Numb Bills Fan everywhere. Get on it. I'm going to cover the, the, the Bills Bengals debacle at one Bills drive, preseason game number three. Josh Allen, I don't even think he had a fair shot. Nate Peterman came out and tore it up, and I'm here by my, with my pal RJ. RJ, say hello. Hey, how's it going? RJ's here, so let's dive into this swiftly. So, RJ, I'm going to set the scene for you, RJ. So, I woke up at, like, 1 and was like, hey, wife, do you want to come with me to go watch the Bills? And I asked her the night before, and, like, you know her a little bit, and I know her. She don't care about the fucking Bills, man. Like, at all. And I'm thinking like, oh, you know what would be cool? I'll take her this game. She wants to kind of learn it. But like if we play video games and stuff and, and I win, you know what I mean? It, it's not good all the time. Like like we played UFC one time and I just literally button mashed and won. And she got mad at me like I whooped the shit out of her. And I kind of don't blame her. I'm just saying like it's not like that. So like here I am trying to be like, all right, maybe she might not hate this experience here. So let's go check out like a fucking half, right? Right. I left that game yesterday. Like I have after a lot of preseason games, but this time I really mean it. Why the fuck did I waste my time going to watch a Buffalo fucking Bills against the Bengals? Because I got one issue right now. The issue is this. I have talked during the draft I did not have personally that many podcasts this off season but trying to get like life together um and really keeping busy just got married RJ and I uh subcontract from the same people and you know we're we're really grinding so we met somewhere I decided we'll pull into the crib and podcast real quick so RJ's a big Steelers fan and RJ, so real quick, what are your thoughts on the Steelers? Well, it's a little random here, but you're here. You're going to be our Steelers correspondent. Yeah, so my Steelers, I'm expecting a huge season out of our offense. But the defense, up front, they definitely going to need some push because against the run, they are definitely just haven't made it happen the last couple of years. The secondary is what I'm scared about the most. We definitely picked up we picked up two safeties um, in the draft. Both of them had interceptions on Saturday. So, with them in the picture, hopefully that can give us the push to go for a Super Bowl. So, are you excited about the Madden cover? Oh yeah, of course. I haven't. The last Madden I bought was Madden 07 with Sean Alexander. So, and I bought that one the first day it came out. And how old were you AD. when you? How old were you when you bought that? Mm. <laughs> Lord, um, third grade, fourth grade. RJ's a young buck here. Yeah. He can't buy beer yet. 
but I won't buy it for him or tell him to get some from the fridge. <laughs> we have a lot of leftover beer. I bet. <laughs> a lot of leftover beer. So that's RJ, and RJ's cool as fuck. I love the new Madden. I just bought it. I played the gauntlet. I think the dude talking to me, the announcer, is a piece of shit. He does not make me feel good telling me to go back to skills turn. I just want to pop in and try you out a little bit. And the reason I love Madden, actually, it's the first time I played Madden. I'm, like, kind of disappointed. But I haven't dove into it yet, so don't judge me. I played it for 10 minutes last night. But I love Madden because I ain't seen a fucking New England Patriot on my screen decide to be a child amount of 60-inch in my bedroom and lay in bed. And I got to see fucking Tom Brady. And then Gronk, like, get out of here. I, I just, it, it's just, no. So anyways, I'm going to dive into this game here. Done wasting your time on that shit. So look at, I'm sitting here with RJ for the last 15 minutes, combing through the interwebs, trying to find all these stats. But, you know, I'll be honest, I like to do this stuff, like, later in the afternoon because people who have... Uh, you know, their jobs are to do this shit, accumulate these stats, and then I get to read them. It's called analytics, too, as well as, like, with scouts. Like, I don't trust if the friend next to me is watching the game versus a guy who works for, you know, maybe an analytics website. He's probably watched that same play 30 fucking times, and I watched that play one time. And if you know anything about police reports, eyewitness reports are really bad. So, for me... I'm bouncing all over the place again, but for for me, it's like this. This this is going to be about the Bills game and general thoughts. I don't have time to sit here and comb for another 20 minutes to find how many penalties the Bills actually had. But I'll tell you, the Bills had a lot of penalties. I just saw yellow all the time. John Miller, my dude. I have been beating the drum for John Miller, the right guard, the offensive lineman. I have been beating the drum for John Miller. Should be starting. John Miller should be starting. Last year, they, they bring in Vlad Dukas. They could not wait to butt their way of him into the lineup. And when you hear comments of, you're hearing comments of being saying that he wanted to move on from Tyrod, right? They, that was a plan when he got here, pretty much. You're already looking ahead. And, and as a fan, I don't know that. And then you go into the draft after a season where Nick Foles won the fucking Super Bowl. I'm thinking, man, if the Bills are cutting edge, they have a couple third-round picks, a couple second-round picks. They have a, a first-round pick. This is, wow. This is, this is, this is really going to be a, a, a great, a, a, an absolute great draft. The, the Bills have never been loaded before a draft. And you give away your starting left tackle and Cordy Glenn, who played fine last night, and I predicted Andy Dalton would carve up the Bills. I also predicted Josh Allen would do awesome, so I'm not even going to hold any of my predictions true. I'm sure I'll dive into that with Mike Smith. Stay tuned, because he's going to be really mad if I cover quarterbacks without him. So I was on my mower last night in the dark, and this dude tries calling me, and I'm like, no, trying to get the moonlight here so I can see the lines. Anyways, so... Andy Dalton carved up the Bills, and the Bills' offensive line is a goddamn mess. And here's a beef I got. I like Josh Allen. 
Mike Smith and I covered the quarterbacks before the draft. We covered the top six, Mike's list. And we started with Josh Allen, and he was the last one I wanted on the list. And here's why. And Josh, if you're listening, I'm sure you're not because you probably have a fucking life. Actually, I hope you listen to it. It'd be kind of cool. You can come on. I'll extend the vine like Jim Rome says. But, like, Josh, I was worried about your footwork. I was worried about your mechanics. We dealt with Ryan Fitzpatrick here for three years, dude. And they brought in a quarterbacks coach and David Lee to help fix his mechanics, who also worked with Tyrod Taylor, too, with Rox Ryan here. And, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I don't know if I have faith always in the mechanical things getting fixed, Josh. So it's not you, it's me. Okay? Secondly, with the way Josh analytics project quarterbacks and pro football focus is doing an awesome job. You know, a lot of these places do an awesome job. But then again, I'm really a data and numbers person. And just as hollow as the petrodollar is if you look into that. Um, little joke there. So it, it's like this. It's a false positive, right? I, I think a lot of data is a false positive. When you look into a lot of data, you got to see how it's accumulated. Who's the motherfucker that wrote the article? Who's the one that, that had this experiment and this hypothesis? And like, who put all this shit together, frankly? And this sounds way off and stupid right now, Josh. But I'm telling you, Josh. Analytically, you do not project well. And you know that. And what I love about Josh, you, Josh, is... <laughs> I mean, this is stupid, right? <laughs> this is really stupid, right? But I like it. Um, but I'm telling you, Josh, I got faith in you because you come out and you're hitting those little short passes. So that's number three with you. You're hitting the short passes. You have cleaned up your mechanics. It's amazing. Like, really, you, you come out, you work hard. And my favorite part about you, Josh, is that you laugh at yourself because I rip on myself all the time. I know I suck at fucking life, dude. Like, it, I suck at life, man. I hate lifing. It sucks lifing. I love watching this Vietnam vet walk his dog outside my window right here all the time. Last podcast of Fun Nick just is just, his dog is just running, RJ, with like, That's his, his, his like leash in his mouth. And he's on his longboard. You know my big Sasquatch friend Nick over here? Yeah. Looking tall as hell. Looks like he's going to kill your family. Um, But, yeah, so, Josh, I got a lot of faith in you, Okay. But the reason I was pissed when they drafted you is because they didn't need to give up two second-round picks, okay? And one of those second-round picks, oh, and a starting left tackle for you, okay? And one of the second-round picks is was this guy named Sammy Watkins. And what Sammy Watkins did for the Bills' offense the two years he played with Tyrod Taylor was he did this thing called take the safety with him. And what that did is it allowed a nice little area for Tyrod Taylor to run into if he decided he wanted to talk the ball and run. It gave a nice little area for Charles Clay and other receivers to run when he created that space, you know, or Sean McCoy. And, and it just takes the safety out of the play. It, it just at least gets something on tape as we were taught watching football as a kid that it's all about mismatches. I don't know, Josh, if Brandon Bean got the memo about mismatches. Uh, Calvin Benjamin really is looking nice. I am still for Calvin Benjamin. He looks smooth. He looks good. He does not look like a fat fuck like Carolina fans are saying. What do you think about Calvin Benjamin? So, Josh, we're done with you. We'll get back to you in a sec. 
Kelvin Benjamin, I had him on my fantasy team last year. Was a little disappointed, you know, but injuries kind of I would never have him that. on my fantasy team. What the fuck, RJ? This I, was I before any Bills this on my was, fantasy this team. This was before the Bills move. So with the Panthers at the time, he was the number one target with the former MVP, Cam Newton. But with Benjamin, I'm kind of scared at the same time because with the new head hits and new rules and shit they got, you got – all these safeties that can't lay any real hits anymore. So, you know what they're going to do? They're going to go low. And a guy like that, that's 6'5 and taller, those legs, man, I don't know how long they could last. I know um, Marcus Lee, um, I think he was the number one target for the Jags for their receivers. He just got um, a horrific knee injury. I think he's going to be out for the season. And um, their cornerback, Jalen Ramsey, um, made a statement and um, blamed the NFL and the rule changes for that injury. And, and, and he's right. And and the thing um, I've talked about, I'm going to leave a note where we stop. So we talked about mismatches, mismatches. But RJ, to go down this little rabbit hole with you, because you're not a, a fan of the show because you're not a Bills fan, but like we work on a lot of jobs together. So like you understand what this is about. Right. But I rail all the time that the league is just full of fucking shit. Yeah. And I think the pills are full of fucking shit. I, I love the, the presentation. I, I love the videos we're making creatively. The pills are awesome. Right. Um, Kim Pagula and, and Terry Pagula have done awesome things for the city of Buffalo. Like, hands down, dude. Like, like Buffalo is fucking awesome now. Yeah, it's a place that I want to, on the side, wouldn't mind investing money into. You know what I mean? Like, right. Where we do remodeling and, and, and new home stuff. So it's like... You know, we see these idiots that run the show, and they're not fucking smart. True. They just have investors and connect some dots. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, when you're the Pakulas and you go into Buffalo and you have this city that, like, property's cheap, frankly, um, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Right. So, like, they're able to, it's almost creepy, but it, I don't mean this creepily because I hope it's on the, on the good side. But you can almost kind of, like, manip not, not manipulate a culture, but create a culture. Nah, one, I believe it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, like, but it's awesome because here in Rochester, we get things built and the mayor lines his pockets or something, allegedly. Um, you know, for the Port of Rochester, let's get, let's get this fast ferry in town. And it's like, it's a ferry that goes fast and they take a longer route so you can watch a fucking movie on it. Like, what? This is stupid. This ain't going to work. And analytically, back to Josh Allen... It didn't seem like it would work out. Yeah. You know? So it's like, it, it's it's in a way, just the NFL does not want any accountability for its bullshit. And every year, they come up with a new penalty that causes gray area. Are you telling me that it does not cater to gambling? Like, what's going on here, dude? Like, it's like, like why is there always a gray area? Yeah. We know this catch rule should have never happened. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, so... Like, why does the NFL need to make it harder? You can't hit people in the head. Well, how about this? How about smoking weed for the players that you could just treat it like the NBA does, give them a hell of a lot of notice if they're going to test. Right. And the only reason they do get caught, as Mike Smith says, is because they're not paying attention because you know when the test is coming. Le'Veon went to his test. Um, he smoked, I believe, 45 minutes before his test when he failed that one year. I believe it was 2014, 15, one of those seasons. Yeah. But you're suppressing, the NFL is suppressing top talent over some bullshit, but it's not bullshit. Um, 
And, and not to get like too crazy, uh, I hate to say crazy, but like the truth is, is if you look at who owns the NFL teams and then you look at who pays the bills for the NFL teams, you look at the sponsors of the NFL teams, it's a pharmaceutical racket. If you know anybody, which I'm sure you do within a degree or two, who has died from fucking heroin, you can think the opioid crisis. You know what that is? Or the opioid crisis. So, meaning your prescription drugs from Mr. Doctor you trust, who's fat as hell, looks like he's about to give birth to something. And that guy that you trust, because he has a damn degree, but doesn't know nutrition, has no degree in nutrition, tells you to take these pills that are prescribed from this doctor, these pain pills, and then you can't afford them anymore once you're hooked on them and you have to go to other things or you pick up popping pills or your kids do as like a party drug. So like next thing you know, these players can only turn to a certain method of treatment here. And when you have proven that weed, which hurts fucking no one, actually can help you with concussions and and all sorts of things and pain and all that crap but no because you guys have these rules the nfl and you want to be upstanding citizens and pretty much socially engineer how we should run like really dude does it, it come on there's always been murmurs of racism within the nfl cultures and it's like it's kind of stupid man like, it, it's really just, it, it's just dumb. There's a lot of this old school crap that's just, like, rooted through that we just roll with. And, like, the NFL is, these people are old as fuck, okay? They own big corporations. They're old. They're very conservative. Right? So, it's like, how do you have this evidence that weed house of players and you can't even help them out? Like, let them smoke the weed. Maybe the concussions wouldn't have been so bad, and you don't have to change the rules to take out people's knees. And then you want to go into, like, are they, do they allow stem cells? I don't know. I didn't look into it. I'm I'm sure they would. But you have Peyton Manning having to go overseas for treatments and shit. You know what I mean? It's like these players need to be taken care of. Invest in your players. You don't have to run this like a typical corporation. Roger Goodell is doing an awful job as far as how the players are treated. And it's also on the NFLPA. They shouldn't play unless the players are taken care of. But you also have fucking idiots that hurt players intentionally. You know? And that's another thing. So, really, is that not a roid rage incident on, like, you know, Trey White's head from Gronk? You know? And... Not to go off the rabbit trail down in some deep abyss here, but like, RJ, you have a great point. It, it's just these 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 players like you follow the NBA real tight. Like, do you ever hear about weed with the NBA? Nah, they um they allow the players to smoke it. They don't care nothing about it. Just say I don't know. You probably see all the memes and stuff with J.R. Smith, but I'm pretty sure he probably came to a couple games high. <laughs> I don't give a shit. All I care about is the players being healthy. And I think Jalen Ramsey has a great point. They definitely change the rules. It's just like, look at Gronk. Like, all the injuries he's had. A lot of his routes are streak routes off the tight end, right off the tackle. 
off those plays, if you can't hit him high, where are you going to hit him? That's a big target. You're going to hit him low. And the way his the way his legs are, he's already had two knee surgeries. So it's like, I don't – players like that, I feel like it's just, you know, it's a setup for them to fail. And you kind of say the same things with safeties. Last season, we got rid of one of our safeties, Mike Mitchell, and he was always known for as like a headhunter type of safety. Right. So the way that the rules and shit changed, you could literally watch him last season hold back on his hits when – wide receivers would catch deep passes and like he would not hit them he would let them catch the ball then he would just try to tackle them instead of laying a hit trying to knock yeah, the ball out it. it's just like man you know the nfl is just changing to the to the point where these defenders are trying to learn how to tackle a different way and it's like they don't think of the logistics of like when i lower my shoulder to hit you and then you lower your shoulder like our heads are going to meet and that's not always the it, defender's it, it, fault uh-huh. and you know what dude it, it's really a, a thing where the NFL is so fucking stupid and dumb that, like, you have had a system and technology in place for, like, 20 years now where you can just rewind the tape and get it right. Fuck hurting the ref's feelings, okay? I don't even think we should have refs, dude. The camera angles are so fucking close that you could just give me a couple guys to, like, Look at some stuff for like like was he in? My eyes are right there, and at least how like like the rest should I, maybe have rest. Let me backpedal here from my bone bullshit, but like have some refs, but like they don't gotta be the end all be all. All right, there just needs to be an efficient system. All right, the, this whole pride thing, these players, it's about the players. NFL, no players, no NFL. Like, dude, I really think the XFL, which I think is lined up, if I'm not mistaken, when a collective bargaining might be coming up in a couple of years, and the XFL kind of lines up, I think, around then the launch. I don't know if they even know that the XFL. And yes, the Vince McMahon XFL is coming back. If they put together actual good rules for football and have a system in place, I'm stoked for the XFL because the NFL is going to have no choice but to get better. And they're going to finally pull their heads out of their ass and get rid of these old camera guys or whoever they're using or whoever came out with it. Because when I watch football on TV, I hate it. It's always zoomed in on the line. Why are you staring at the quarterback's face right now? I want to see the personnel changes. This is stupid here. You know, it's all dumb. And the technology is there to rewind and get the play right. But they won't. So, the only thing it leads me to is follow the money. What advantage would they have of not getting these plays right? It's got to be some kind of gambling thing. It's got to be. Because they have this so much red tape to get things corrected. It's stupid. And it has to be voted on. And we've been dealing with this catch thing. And I get so stoked, RJ, every I can't believe you brought me down this penalty rabbit hole shit. Dude, I haven't ran out of this in a while. But you, like, we get stoked around this time of year for football. And then we watch one game and we're like, oh, yeah, the refs. How's that make you feel? Yeah, I know. I seen, um, I think it was, um, Vikings linebacker. He made, um, very clean hit. Tackle to the quarterback when he did like a little bootleg, and I'm I'm pretty sure they they threw a flag on the play, and I'm pretty sure they fined him twenty five thousand dollars, and 
If you're talking textbook tackle, like that is it. If you look that up, that hit should be in there, and they find him twenty five grand for a clean hit. Now, how good of a player is this dude? Who hit him? Um, That's all they hit. I'm not sure. I'm not sure which player it was, but I know that Vikings defense is going to be serious this season. I'm more than positive they have Pro Bowl players and line linebackers and the secondary. Well, my point is this: is you know, people think these NFL players make all this money, and they do for a short amount of time. At the same time, they are, are, are kind of hamstrung in how they can take care of themselves because there is better things out there. But, like, when I'm hearing, like, like nutrition, but when I'm hearing that, like, Josh, if you're still listening, that you're going to Chick-fil-A for the fucking team, like, I told you this, like... How are you an athlete in 2018 and going to fucking Chick-fil-A, man? That's that, crazy. like, tells me where... The team's head is at with nutrition. Like, get the fuck out of here. Chick-fil-A? That's what your team's eating. Chick-fil-A. All the chemicals, all the shit. Oh, why? You know why? I don't know. Because maybe all these big companies, Kraft, all this crap, owns this crappy food companies that has pretty much poisoned us. Like, look around. Cancer's run amok. Everybody's broke. Thank these people that run the NFL. Like, really, same shit. So, you know, Home Depot, dude owns the Falcons. Seems like a decent dude, plant, whatever. But, like, that guy has put out so many little hardware stores out of business to give you an idea. All right? That's pretty much what you're running here. And Chick-fil-A is getting into my damn players. And we have our money tied up in them for years. And you can't control what people eat. I get that. That's not what I'm saying. But, damn, can we have some kind of, like, maybe routine or nutritionist per player, I hope? Like, you need to maximize healing here. And it's just weird, like, you had these team doctors, and they have a job to do. So wouldn't you want to make that easier on them by getting their nutrition straight? Like, I don't understand. Because the players just don't seem to be taken care of here. It, it's just straight up like, change the rules, get hurt. Oh, you caused a stupid penalty that shouldn't be a penalty. Your team fucking loses. You end up with a 8-8 a, a eight and eight record and don't make the playoffs. And now the coach is fired along with the coaching staff, along with these players that now a new system is slammed on them and... You finally had the fans believing in you, and you ship out these players that are staple players. You know, the, oh, they have a high contract. Or, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, ship out Marcel Darius so you can sign me Salatule. Okay. You know, well, Marcel Darius is so much money, and he just sucked. Okay, maybe, but I don't know. I think he was fine. He's on, like, I think a top 10 sack list. Didn't he go? As a fucking defensive tackle for the Bills. Top 10. Under 30. If I'm not mistaken. Is he under 30? So it's like, the players are, my point is to wrap this thing, you freaking sent me down. The players aren't taken care of, like, at all. Like, If you look at it, it's like, a lot of the players, they got the staff, they got the training, they got the groups to, you know, help them, you know, and get them in the situations ready for game time. And you, you could look at players, two names I'm going to throw out there, LeBron James and James Harrison. Those players, for example, spend millions and millions of dollars a year to get their body ready for gameplay. And that has nothing to do with the NFL helping them. That has nothing to do with the coaches, the personnel. That is strictly out of their personal accounts just to get ready for game. 
And that's crazy. Right. And, and if and if the game is not run, not no, don't get me wrong. I'm railing on corporations, but I'm incorporated. Okay. It's just there's an ethical way to run things, and this podcast was started, frankly, with Deacon and I to just have empathy for the players and coaches and or the organization itself and just objectively roll all three together and see what's up. But me personally, it's turned into the more I learn about the NFL, the more the players are fucked. You know what I mean? And, and don't get me wrong, the players got to do what they got to do. But this whole culture of just do as I say type thing, you have to listen to what the coach says. There is a point to that. But a lot of times these coaches come in themselves and they don't even seem to watch the film or see how well these players played before before they make these coaching hires. So, um, RJ, we're 28 minutes into this, but this is okay because I'm going to label that um, Jalen Ramsey talk time. Right. Okay. And we'll put penalty here. So, back to Josh Allen and Brandon Bean, you know, after our other segment here, like a Tarantino movie. <laughs> so, Brandon Bean's job is to bring in talent, and that's the Buffalo Bills general manager. And I was a big fan of Doug Whaley. I was a big fan of Buddy Nix. And they didn't, you know, put my homerism aside and say I wasn't a big fan. Um, you know, people were really pissed off when Russ Brandon was a general manager, when Marv Levy was the general manager. And when Buddy Nix came in, he was brought in by by Russ Brandon and uh, already worked for the Bills in years past, came in under uh, the old general manager Butler there. And he's an old dude. He came in and he started making common sense moves. You know, he cut John McCargo. He um, told Aaron Schovel, I don't care if you come back, whatever. You know, uh, the things I didn't like is he was pretty much asleep. He said he was going to be sleeping at the turn of the clock of free agency. And, and, and as a Bills fan who was busy, you know, commenting while dropping deuces at work on the clock at the time, you know, I was very for Tom Achille, so funny. And he knows it. Because he'd ask me, what's the update on the Bills? Like, I don't know, I haven't checked. You know, I'd be on a scaffold, take my phone out, <laughs> you know, and and it's like, These guys that that sometimes these general managers they seem like they don't care, but they have a plan. And I'm not saying that Bean doesn't care. I'm not saying that Buddy Nix didn't care, but slowly Buddy Nix they said they wanted to build through the draft, and you know you build teams through the draft. That's how I was educated. Okay, was you build through the draft? It's the cheapest way. And Buddy Nix brought out the point. I'm sick of seeing Bills players around the league that are good. And the Bills started to retain players. Only the last couple of years have you heard of salary cap hell for the Bills. It was like, what, a decade before we ever heard of the Bills spending close to the cap? So the way I look at it is, yeah, you had Marcel Darius. You had... Cordy Glenn. Those are the two people that they tell you they're just so expensive. And look at the cap number next year. The Bills just made it to the playoffs. I didn't want the Bills to make the playoffs and not sustain it. And when you have somebody 
starting out in Buddy Nicks, and he's developing a, 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 a good scouting staff because there's so many players that you can go through that the Bills have drafted. Look, was Terrell Troop a bust? Yeah, but he had a back injury. I can't give it to him. And he says that the Bills rushed him. Was C.J. Spiller a bust? Uh, you could say so because Shane Gailey is a wonderful coach. And he made C.V. Johnson into something awesome. He worked with Fitzpatrick not once but twice, two different teams. And C.J. Spiller took him till year three to understand to hit the hole correctly or how about we just don't really run in between the guards? That's not his strength. And what ends up happening is you get a guy like Doug Marone who comes in, and they pretty much own up that they didn't watch a tape on him, really, until like a year and a half later on how he was used. You know, because they admitted to it. Nate Hackett did. I love those corner interviews and stuff. Cause they don't have the PR staff always prepping them as tight. That's why I listen to players. They let shit slip. So it's like... You know, with, with Buddy Nix, I felt like we were building like a good scouting staff. He hired uh, Doug Whaley right off the bat from the Pittsburgh organization. Great organization, okay? And very organized, and, and they always have talent in Pittsburgh. Look at Antonio Brown. Jeez. You know, just jeez. All the receivers, wow. Late picks. All of them. They're freaking incredible. So Doug Whaley is the assistant general manager. Buddy Nick steps down. He drafted EJ Manuel. And it turned out to just be a bad draft. And the Bills needed to draft a quarterback. So when Buddy Nick steps down, here comes Doug Whaley. He immediately tries to get Ryan Fitzpatrick to adjust his cap. He doesn't do it. Doesn't take a pay cut, I should say. They cut him. And now it's EJ Manuel and Kevin Cobb. We know that Kevin Cobb sort of slips on a mat and then he gets a brutal fucking concussion. RIP Kevin Cobb. And I swear that you're Jeff Tool, their undrafted free agent kid. I think he threw a better ball than EJ Manuel. But because he threw a pick in the end zone uh, in, a, in a real game, all the fans gave up on the kid. I think he looked better than Peterman, honestly. And um, so maybe I'm on a different planet. So... Buddy Nix comes in, sets up this dude, Doug Whaley, and then Doug Whaley gets the job, does this thing where he gets rid of a quarterback that would have been great for E.J. Manor to learn under, and he would have been fine. The Bills just needed a defense. In the next two years, the Bills had a good defense. And Nate Hackett, the Bills' former offensive coordinator, he said they thought they were getting Ryan Fitzpatrick when they got here, you know? So that would have been awesome because you, had, you could have at least established and tried to maintain the chemistry of what you had. That said, that sad show, they didn't know how to use C.J. Spiller. So, Doug Whaley starts bringing in these players that make it to Pro Bowls. Year one players, cheap. You know, they, they're doing things. Those years, the Bills didn't have any Pro Bowlers. Years. You know, and, and, and that's one thing I look at. It's like, what is the respect of these players around the league? And, you know, Chang Gailey made, this, made offensive lines work. You know, I've seen these offensive lines come in, and, and, you know, I'm ready to jump off a bridge about the offensive line, but I have to also tell myself, wait till, like, what, week four, week five before you judge it? Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you this. Brandon Bean's job, my whole point of this is, like, they caught the Bills got rid of that whole, like, what, six-year build, eight-year build? I think an eight-year build 
It was seven-year build. It was three years of Chain Gailey, two years of Doug Marone, two years of... So seven years, okay, of building a scouting staff and all this crap. And at least for what I know, I don't know what happened behind the scenes of if Doug Whaley was hard to work with or whatever, you know, because sometimes there was smoke, there was fire. I'm not here to just back Doug Whaley. But as far as his job that I saw as a fan, which is bringing fucking talent and have them fit the system really well, I don't think Brandon Bean's done really that great of a job. You bring in Vontae Davis and, like, all due respect to the man, he might be retiring. Like, for real, you might want to retire or something because these young kids are playing better than you. And you're still out there? This Bills offensive line, all due respect, offensive lineman on the team, there's a lot of film on you already. So when I'm talking about giving up your left tackle that already proved to be awesome, that you already have under contract in the building in Cordy Glenn that transcended coaching schemes, and you just trade them away for a third-round pick, or no, not third-round pick, to, to move up to the spot before they move up again. You know, you get the Bengals pick. It's like you trade that away to move up to get Josh Allen along with two other day one starters and second round picks. And that's the beef I've always had with this Josh Allen thing. Is it's like, I like Josh Allen. He's on the team. I'm stoked for him. I like that he's had to scrape and claw his way to get to where he's gotten. I respect that. And that's why the man can laugh at himself. And the dude who can laugh at himself can look at himself in the mirror and say, ah, whatever. You know what I mean? I like that. You know, that's a confident dude. That's a cool dude. He's somebody that you can bust balls with. I, I grew up in a ball busting culture. I love comedy. I love just, like, calling it how it is. Welcome to the podcast. So, like, you, you just... I just think Brandon Bean's irresponsible. Very irresponsible. And he needs to bring in talent. This offensive line, you got to protect Josh Allen. We what did what what was Bill Polian famous for in New in, in Indianapolis? I know this is like I could be setting you up to fucking nosedive here, RJ. But Bill Polian was the general manager of the Bills during the Bills heyday. Okay. And Bill Polian ended up going to Carolina for a bit. Set some awesome shit up over there. Okay. And then he ended up going to the Colts. And this dude surrounded Peyton Manning with talent. Was that the Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne days? Yep. Offensive lineman. I was just talking about that team yesterday. Um, the end of the season, I just seen um, Antonio Brown broke um, Marvin Harrison's reception record for the first five years. With yeah. 564 receptions. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Let's see. You know what I'm saying, though? It's like you got to surround these players. That's it. No, you, I feel you. I feel like with the Bills, like the GM, you know, obviously you guys needed a quarterback, but like selecting a quarterback and not really having an offensive line, you're pretty much setting him up to fail. Yeah, you know? but it's essentially like, they did not expect in the Bills' defense, they did not expect Eric Wood to up and retire. True. But you know what I mean? He had to. McCoy is going to be 
He's 30. If, if Allen plays, McCoy is going to be a big picture in helping him succeed. Because if the run doesn't get sustained, that I don't know if that line's going to be able to hold up. If he has to drop back 31 times or something in a game. So how about this? I got more for you. Richie Incognito. Best wishes to Richie Incognito. Love Richie Incognito. I know he's going through some shit. Um, but... I've always rooted for Richie Incognito. I, I got a real, always have had a spot for that dude in my heart. Even when he was at the Bills the first time and people called him an asshole. There's a reason people can be assholes, you know? So it's like, you know, best wishes to that dude. But, like, that dude is awesome. And when I'm hearing in the building that the Bills were talking, if he didn't take a pay cut, they're just going to fucking cut him. And you act like left guards, like Pro Bowl left guards just grow on trees. Valuable. Seriously. Very and then another valuable. thing. You learn about guards is you don't just move one from one side to the left side. And Vlad Dukas has primarily played right guard for the Bills. And if I want to be responsible and just double check my facts here, um, it's like, if I'm not mistaken, he can play both sides, you know? But it's like, if I'm not, I think he played right guard with the Jets too. And no offense to the man, but, like, he's not good, you know? So, it's like, he really, him and Roy was not looking good either, the center for the Bills. I mean, you have another dude in Bodine, and it's like, Brandon Bean, our general manager of the Buffalo Bills job, RJ, is to just find the talent. He's had so much time. To get better offensive linemen. You're swift to to get rid of Sammy Watkins. You're swift to get rid of Marcel Darius for a bag of footballs. You're swift to get rid of Cardale Jones and pretty much draft Cardale Jones again, but white. Like, what are you fucking doing here? You know what I'm saying? Like, and then you draft Cardale Jones back here with, with three starters. Gone. Do I have to go through the list of second-round picks that have made it into second fucking contracts? Jarius Bird. Nine interceptions. Rookie year. Yeah, an anomaly. I know. But it happens. Kiko Alonso kicks some serious fucking ass. He might be really stupid, but he kicks some serious fucking ass. I don't know if you saw that meme in Kiko Alonso. Yeah, and he went to the fucking Ravens sideline. What a moron. <laughs> Oh, man. So then, what else was it? Yeah, like, it's just second-round picks. Cordy Glenn, second-round pick. Transcended how many coaching schemes at left tackle? Solid building block. If anything, if your theory is like, oh, we could just move the guy from the right side to the left side, then why the hell wouldn't you do that with... With Deion Dawkins and put him at right tackle and keep Cordy Glenn. Like, really? Why? Why not do that? I'm not a football coach. I shouldn't bring these theories to you. Doesn't mean I'm right. I know absolutely nothing from what I've been, quote, unquote, taught through you people, you football coaches that cycle through here. that tell me that football starts in the trenches. And the Bills have zero fucking pass rush. Absolutely zero without Kyle Williams. And if that man is hurt for a long time, we are really fucked. Shaq Lawson, side note, looks solid. Shaq, solid game. 
solid game stopping the run. I was running on Twitter that the Bills going to stop the run. Then I ate my words because Bernard and Mixon, they didn't do shit. So, okay, it starts to stop and run. I get it. But, like, Bills fans are in, RJ, for a rude awakening because Brandon Bean has not addressed the, 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 the offensive line. See. And also on a side note, too, Reggie Ragland just shipped away for, like, nothing, too. You it's know what sad. I mean? And it's like, it's like the Bills traded up to get Reggie Ragland, tears apart his knee, but nope, this is just what we're doing. We need full control of this operation, and we're just going to ship out all the equity. Like I said many times, Brandon B will never run my fucking bank account as of right now. Okay, he might actually hit lightning in a bottle with Josh Allen. That kid's arm is sick. But if Josh Allen gets his head beat in or dies because you don't know to put people in front of him to protect him, why can't you make trades, Brandon Bean? Make some fucking trades. Get some offensive linemen. Sign somebody. Figure this out. Like, this is not working here. Or maybe, if that's not Brandon Bean's fault, who's the next guy that's on the Bills that's still here coaching the offensive line? Juan Castillo. Guess what Juan Castillo didn't do a good job of? What's that? I don't know. Telling a fucking Pro Bowl center and a Pro Bowl guard how to play football and what they should be doing and Eric Wood and um, Richie Incognito. Where they went down, <laughs> they had down years with an offense that totally had a down year. Which how do you go further down and like than you were before? Oh, number one rushing team at Rax. Why? Because you chose to run the ball more than anybody else. Okay, so what were the Bills good at doing that? And then this coach comes in and like they don't do that. I don't understand. So then it's got to be coaching, right? We have enough tape on Jordan Mills. We have enough tape on Miller. We have enough tape on Ryan Groy, who looked really promising when he filled in for Eric Wood. So what's the issue here? Is it the coaching or is it Brandon Bean? Who is at fault for this offensive line? That's what I want to know. Who's at fault for this offensive line? And that's really where I draw the line with it. No, I feel you on that, but the Bills offensive line right now, it's definitely looking scary for the season, but if you look back on last season, the Philadelphia Eagles, Super Bowl champs, um, throughout the whole season, if you're talking offense and defensive line, I think altogether they had the best unit, and you've seen what happened when, arguably, I think Wentz would have won the MVP without the injury, but even with the injury of how that offensive line and how that coaching unit is, Nick Foles went in there as a backup, and you see how they protected him, and you've seen the outcome of that. And I thought after Philly won the Super Bowl that it's like, okay, if the Bills are on the cutting edge right now, they're going to let one of these top six quarterbacks fall to them, and they're going to build an offense around the kid. They're going to support him. Right. And they're really doing the inverse, which is, Give away three starters, which one you could use on your team right now, and bring in this kid and then not support him. And then if he's not ready, the guys you have behind him and A.J. McCarron and Nathan Peterman 
are dumpster fires. Nathan Peterman, right now to me, he has not proved otherwise because he has not had a shot to. Fairly, I guess. I'm not going to give him the Colts game in the snow. He didn't play the whole game. Okay? Because if that's the case, I don't think, you know, I don't know. I don't want you to go down that Peterman rabbit hole. I'm just saying it's just they've set Josh Allen up to fail. Agree. And they gave up a lot to get him. And the team had a lot of holes in it going into this offseason that are not addressed. And the beef I have and I've had with this team this offseason and during the season is trust the process. Okay, that's cool. Process does not equate to a plan, which is okay. But don't tout that you're organized and smart and you want to make the smart decisions. When I wasn't born yesterday, and a lot of people in Buffalo weren't born yesterday, or who are fans of the Bills were not born yesterday, and have seen a lot of people come into Buffalo go, hey, this is just my way. You got to trust me. You got to come out prepared in Buffalo and not talk with your head up your ass and not make moves that look like your head is up your ass. And personnel here and not address things because riding out, we made it to the playoffs and broke the drought is only going to buy you so much time because Brandon Bean, when these fans turn on you, bud, it's going to suck. So for real, man, like you seem like a cool dude, but you got to get your shit straight and you got to bring in some fucking talent. Also, Sean McDermott. He needs to really review these coaches. All right, I got like you. really review these coaches that are especially on this on this offensive line. Also, why is there no pass rush? Yeah, like I don't care if it's only a preseason game. We've been Brad year after year after year. Game three is dress rehearsal, and the Bills fell flat on their face. So, what were you saying, dude, after I was going to cut you off? Talk to your mic here. I don't want to um, put you on the hot seat, but um, with the Bills, you know, you think about in the offseason with, you know, pickups or, dra- or your draft picks, um, you know, you usually try to advance and move your team and get them better, you know, as the seasons move on. And um curious, do you think the team this year is better than the team last year? What you RJ, have seen I'll so be, far. I'll be honest. Because it's crazy. Cause I, I really think that it, as bad as Tyrod Taylor's stat line looks for passing, they don't realize how many times the opposing team didn't have a chance to have the ball. And I feel like if the opposing team, a.k.a. got more turnovers from another quarterback, that the Bills would have got their fucking asses kicked a yeah. lot more times last year. And what Sean McDermott did, luckily, you could say, or by chance, or maybe skill, okay, is he he won more AFC games than I believe any coach has, okay? So then when you put your numbers in the pile, they do great. The year with Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator with Doug Marone, was a really good year. But they swept the whole... NFC North, which is what you expect because you got Jim Schwartz. 
He's prepped for the Vikings. He's prepped for the Packers. You know what I'm saying? Right. The Bears. And obviously a part of the Lions. So, you know, he knows the personnel in and out. And we've seen that happen a lot. But I think that when you have a quarterback now that is guaranteed, no matter who you bring in, to throw more interceptions than Tyrod Taylor... And you don't have an offensive line in front of him. And LaShawn McCoy is slightly, like, you know, tweaked. I don't know what the deal is, but whenever I hear a groin, it could just be he's just sore and doesn't want, they don't want to play him. You know, I don't know what it is. It could be a Belichick type move. Right. But it's like, if he goes down, Chris Ivory had a really nice run. He looks like an NFL player, so he looks good. I, I think I think Chris Ivory will be fine. I think people are overreacting about saying he's old, whatever the fuck. Okay, I think he's a good player. He got some touches yesterday, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think he's fine. My friend Mike Smith, who keeps trying to call in, he don't, he don't, um, he don't like, he don't like him. I don't think. I think he looked all right in a couple of plays I watched. I didn't yeah, watch too much of the game. He's got that burst, right? He yeah, was fast he was, as fuck. He was getting yards. You know, uh-huh. that's what matters. Moving and, and, the chains. And it's like, you know, there was a lot of talent on this Bills team before Sean McDermott got here. Agree. And and frankly, you have a big investment in Josh Allen. I think he needs to start over Nathan Peterman just because you need to get the reps out of the way. Because the worst thing you could do is put Josh Allen in when the team's getting their head kicked in. And I'm not trying to disrespect any players on the Bills at all, but it's just the the coaching. I, I'm not – damn, like I feel like I'm bringing – like this is so Debbie down on this podcast. Yeah. But it's like this this game, RJ, was really an abomination, dude. Like it was just bad. Like Andy Dalton came and just lit him the fuck up. Like lit him up. Holes across the board. You know what I mean? And and this defense was out there for a long time. And then Nathan Peterman with the ones tears up their twos and is like, oh, no. No. Like, no. Yeah, I You know what I mean? I got, a, I got two seats to the Bills. It's like 600-something fucking dollars I pay. And I fucking got to go drive there and make time. Like, why do I do this to myself? I, I like, really genuinely love the team, man. Like, I fucking love this team. But when I see these dudes come in with, I know more than you, and it's like, motherfuckers, dude, Bean and Dermot, I will chill with you guys. I have so much respect for you guys. I, I love McDermott that he's a wrestler. I was a wrestler in high school, and I fucking sucked, man. But I tried really hard, dude. I, I, I made it through every practice. I fucking tried really hard for four fucking years, and I still sucked a lot of dick at it. All right? <laughs> but I'll tell you, guys, just like, please... Stop talking about being smart and fucking be smart. Hold your coaches accountable here. Don't show me some embedded video that's edited in the Bills' favor. That is not really hard knocks. Okay? Hard knocks will show you the dirty shit. All right? The Bills aren't going to do that in happy-go-lucky Jesus time at one Bills drive. It ain't fucking happening. I'm telling you, Bean, make some moves. Some real moves. Like... So let me just go through this list I got, RJ. So real quick, I started knocking shit down. Like, the Bills' penalties were so bad. They were so bad, the game was unwatchable. My dude, John Miller, had at least three penalties. So right off the bat, I predicted um, Josh Allen to, to, to go uh, 
seven for sixteen or or sixteen for twenty four, two touchdowns, hundred sixty five yards. I thought he'd have a big, really big first half. Okay, <laughs> I'm paying for three hundred yards for the game because I figured without Lashawn McCoy they would throw the ball a lot more with him, and he ends up with some garbage ass stats, which I can't of course find right now, but he was not good on the stat line there. See, yeah, I look at that, though. Two organizations I want to bring up real quick. You look at Houston and Philly, then bringing in Deshaun Watson and Carson Wentz. To me, the teams were already built. The season before that with the Texans, when um, the Patriots ended up winning the Super Bowl against Atlanta, I think the Texans would have beat the Patriots in the playoffs that season. They just literally couldn't get a first down because of the quarterback situation. But the whole team was already built to where all they needed was that one position which I kind of feel like that would have helped out if the Bills would have kind of went that route because they're kind of stuck now with a quarterback that needs to develop a little bit and could possibly be great, but the pieces around them, I'm just not seeing it, you know? And that's the problem is, you know, Nathan Peterman is really good at, at, at knowing where he wants to throw the ball, okay? But his out routes don't have enough zip on him. And every game, he has the same problem where there's almost a pick six. Okay? And if you want to give as much credit to Nate Peterman, which I do, you have to look at it objectively. Josh Allen had awful field position. Okay? The the Bills defense did Josh Allen no favors. Or that offense. At all. If you're looking at it like a real game, did no favors. The offensive line was atrocious. Josh was sacked five times. That said, Josh needs to get rid of the ball. That said, I expect it out of him. I expect Josh Allen to hold on to the ball too long. I expect it. He's a rookie. You are have you're gonna have to work out the timing. I expect that. But don't tell me. That Nate Peterman has that much of a leg on a dude when he comes in, yes, with a second-team offensive line eventually, okay? But a lot of those guys are still going strong. There's only so many dudes on the roster. And it's like they're shuffling offensive linemen during the game, dude, like while these quarterbacks are in there. Like, really? We're trying some new things in game three? Game three? Like, seriously? You're supposed to be getting ready for the Ravens right now. And you don't even have a solid five offensive lineman? Whose fault is this? It's ridiculous. Like, ridiculous. So your quarterback, Josh Allen, your biggest investment, Brandon Bean, gets fucking killed. Like, literally killed. He had to go get his head checked out, RJ. What, after the game? No, uh, he went with like two with a play left in the first half. Had to go get his head checked out. Yeah. Like, the, the reason I didn't want the Bills to draft Josh Allen and give away all these picks is I didn't want the kid to get ruined. I want a quarterback to get drafted and be set up. And now Josh Allen is set up for disaster. I think that's going to be the title of the podcast. I think Josh Allen 
Set up for disaster. I think either way, you know, I think even if you start Peter Matthew, it's the same way, you know, just with like the offensive line, the, the targets is just, you know. And dude, Peterman did a nice job, RJ. And yeah. objectively, you can make the case to start Peterman. He looks awesome. Yeah. He freaking looks great. And I really think he could do a good job of stopping it, uh, of running the offense. But I don't think he can help himself. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can help himself because he keeps trying to make that one throw that I saw highlight in practice a week and a half ago get picked off. Same shit. He tries to make that 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 nice money out throw about I don't even know how many yards out because I don't know football. So, dude, like it's like the same classic pick six shit you see yeah. near the sideline about eight yards or ten yards out. You know what I mean? And, and just straight up, almost gets the route jump. Yeah. And that's a second teamer, right? Mm-hmm. The Bengals' second team was still going against the Bills' first team for a long time. A long yeah. time. The Bills should trade for Matt fucking Barkley. Okay? Matt Barkley played his ass off. Andy Dalton carved the fucking Bills up. Yeah, see, I think I think Peterman will eventually get the start against the Ravens, but I fucking in, hope not. in my opinion, it's like I see these teams, even with Cleveland, that's a big example. They draft these quarterbacks in the first what, first five, first six, seven picks, and I don't see why these guys aren't playing because it's like these teams are drafting these players to grow and build for the future, and it's like why procrastinate that? You know, like why wait a season? Why wait multiple seasons? You know, to figure out, oh, well, we're just trying to get them to develop, you know. Well, some of these players, it's it's sad to say that some of them aren't going to develop, you know. And it's crazy because they, people take so much, you know, giving up these picks and, you know, so much money lost on some of these players because it's like, it's literally just a chance. And then you know what happens, man? Is then it's, oh, Josh Allen sucks, dude. He just doesn't have it. He just does I'm just, you know what? I'm just sick of Josh Allen. I'm just sick of E.J. Manuel. I'm just sick of J.P. Loss, man. Yeah. I'm just sick of... Uh, how many uh, how many guys you want to put on this list? I'm just saying it's like okay, go deeper objectively, were you supported or what? Like, what's the deal? You know what I mean? So, were you supported or not? That's all because we have to be objective about it. I can't deal to. Like, how do I say it, RJ? Let's not be set up for disaster. Is that just okay? Yeah. Because when the fans turn on a player, they make it really harder for on that player to to have faith in them. Yeah. And then you end up with this fan divide. And what ends up happening for me is I'm like, hey, let's pump the brakes. Hey, let's pump the brakes. Okay, this is who we're starting. Okay, well, now I go into, now I'm going to support hit mode, you know, and that's what I want to do. And if I can't support them, mm-hmm. then I'm not, I, 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 I don't know why I'm a fan of the team, I guess. At the same time, if he's, that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to, he's out there. Mm. He's starting. If they put Nate Peterman out there, I can talk myself into it. The Bills can help talk me into it. But if he falls on his face, yeah. I'm going to tell you I'd rather see Josh Allen fall on his face and grow and learn from it 
because right. that's where we have a starting left tackle and two second round picks who the Bills have told me over the years those are two starters and uh, second round picks so like I, I need to have this kid develop mm-hmm. I just don't want the fans to lose patience because once I'm on board RJ I am on board see this this, this is what kind of upsets me because I think this is going to happen either one of them is going to start and just because the pieces put around them you know I don't think the outcome will be that good at least for this season and I think the fans and just people around in general will you terrorize them you know and blame them for that like oh yeah they're a shitty player or this that and you know and it's like you look deeper than that to the GMs you know into the coaching and stuff like that it's like they really got Peter Mann and this young quarterback Allen that they're just set up to where, like, they don't have the pieces around them, you know? And it's like, it sucks because I don't know which one of them, but a couple games into the season, you're going to see a bunch of shit talking about one one or the other quarterbacks. Like, oh, yeah, they're not this, they're not that. You know, they're shit. They shouldn't be playing. And it's just like, it's sad because they, I honestly don't think they got the pieces around them. Yeah. And, and, and it's like, I'm talked to, not by many fans, but like, my friends are all in the same boat. And then there could be people where I think when I see him. So, like, the kid Scott I sit next to at the game, Scott Campbell. Love Scott Campbell. He sits next to his dad, right? And Scott's probably, like, 25, 24. And you're, what, 19? Yeah. And I'm 34. So, like, his dad is, I think, shoot. He might be, like, one of those dudes that's, like, 70 or, like... No, I think he's, like, 60. I don't want to disrespect him. But he looks young as hell. He looks really, really, like, really, like, healthy genes. And, you know, Scott was all about the Josh Allen pick. And I was like, oh, man, I think I think his dad's soup dog is going to be about the... Uh, all about it, too. So, you know, it's like... Damn, so I asked him, he goes, no, was not a fan. Tom McKilly, right? The guy, Drywall Tom McKilly we work with. Mm-hmm. He was telling me he liked the Josh Allen pick. His dad, who coached McQuaid football, and Tom used to play back on quarterback at McQuaid, he did not like the Josh Allen pick. So it, it's really... A thing for me, which is, I like the pack. Like, I'm stoked that the player's here. It's just you have to do a lot of more swift general managing in the background. Yeah, like, and, yeah. and, and Brandon Bean is not capable of that. It's just like the harvest that you're going to have to, like, build with, like, these players around him is just going to have to be, like, very fast now. And it's going to be, like, kind of complicated, you know, to bring these pieces in instead the, of trying to, like, develop the team to where, okay, the only piece we're missing is the quarterback. You know, like I said, that's kind of what Philly and um, the Texans did with Deshaun Watson and um, Wentz. But, you know, it's kind of like they did this now. It's kind of like ass backwards because they're – now they just got this young quarterback and it's like offensively it's like, you know, without an offensive line – the quarterback can only do so much, you know? And then it's like, you got LaShawn McCoy, stars on offense. Um, how many Pro Bowlers did you guys have last year for offense? I don't even know. 
I'm so out of loop right now. Yeah, I feel like McCoy. Uh, to me personally, I feel like McCoy is like the one starting offense. It's like with his age too, getting old. It's like teams key on him, you know, because that's dude, the star gonna, player. He's gonna make. He's gonna get two thousand more rushing yards or anything like that in Buffalo. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, I agree. Because it's like purpose, there's no there's for. no targets. That's what I'm saying. These quarterbacks are set to fail because it's like there's no there's not really an offensive line. The receiver core, you know, I'm not really sure about. And I'm not like sure about the receiver core when teams either. teams are gonna key down on LaShawn and stop the run, and you know that's gonna make it's gonna make whichever quarterback's playing throw the ball 30 times, and you know that's gonna happen. One quarterback's a rookie, and you already seen what you know Peterman, you know. So I just think mistakes are gonna be made, and it's like them if they're forced to throw the ball 25, 30 times a game with that offensive line, I I don't know what the outcome will be, you know. And that's the problem I saw last year is. You trade away Sammy Watkins, where if you watch the tape, he took somebody with him all the time. Well, he doesn't have the right attitude. Okay, well, he made plays all season. well, it's about chess. It's not about having the right attitude. It's about having the right pieces. Okay? Like, I I don't understand what he got away with. I understand you got to get rid of some certain people, but I don't know what the truth is. I really don't know. I'm not in the building. Only the Bills know that, why he's not here. But you could say they brought in EJ Gaines at one healthy. The Bills were awesome. Really. They were a big difference. And they got a second round pack. So it was a smart, in a way, smart move. But you have to bring in somebody that did that same what Sammy Watkins could do. Or have an offensive coordinator call things to open up the field for your running back. Or call things to mask the, the offensive line scheme that, that you just slam down on the players and they can't execute now. When two guys who have gone to multiple Pro Bowls, or Eric Wood went to one, and and and, and kind of, you know what, it's been going lately. And it's like, you know what I mean? Just like, I have to look at it like, who's the problem? And Brandon Bean, if you're going to do this stuff where you're going to give away these picks, you got to be swift on the back end. That's it, dude. You got to be really thrifty. You know, you got to find that thrift store gem. And I feel like Doug Whaley, this is where he shine. This is where he shine. We could rip on the draft the same walk as all you want. Two first. But you gave away a starting left tackle already in the building that maybe you could have asked to restructure his contract because he was injured for a bit. I don't know. I'm not Cordy Glenn. Maybe he said no. And he didn't go public about it. I don't know. But I'll tell you, some moves got to happen. I think this is very irresponsible, RJ, for the team to look like this at, at this point. I agree. And, you know, the offensive line, I expected at least through week four of the season for it to take a while for it to gel. But the two factors to me are you've had all offseason to address this, and you have not had any production. That I can see. Other than drafting the quarterback, Allen, in the draft, like um, I would have for surely seen them going like heavily with the offensive line and probably with some receivers. Mm-hmm. That's that's how I would have looked at it. I'm not positively sure. All the players they drafted, I know they drafted the one Edmonds brother and the other ones in the Steelers. And he's a monster. He almost had an interception. Yeah, our Edmonds brother yeah, did have but an interception. Again, it's like these guys are making plays like when the first team isn't out there. Yeah. But who cares? The Bills got an interception. And it was like a tip ball that, like, my grandma, 91, or about to be 91 in March, she's going to roll her ass from Section 300 to go catch that ball, dude. Yeah, fucking And she ain't even in a wheelchair. Edmonds you from know? the Steelers. Like, 
Schmeck Graham could go get the wheelchair and then wheel it back up the stairs <laughs> and down the stairs and got that pick. Oh, yeah. And it's like, then Nate Peterman ends up with awesome field position. Two throws later, awesome. Oh, the run game's there. Yeah. Like, straight up, man. Like, dude, the Bills have some awesome. That's the one thing I think will definitely help you guys out this season. I think that defense, that secondary core is definitely special and young back there. And I feel like some turnovers and shit will definitely give, you know, those two quarterbacks in that offense some, you know, a little bit of power. Yeah, and and you're you're I don't just feel position. That's what I was looking right. for. Right. Yeah, and I don't disagree with you because it, it's it's the Bills lived and died off of turnovers more than a lot of teams, and the Bills were good. The the ball just bounced their way a lot of times for turnovers, but it, a credit to them for making those catches. Credit for them, man. I gotta give credit where it's due. You're gonna have a lot of luck. You're gonna have to have luck. At the same time, if it's anything like gambling, I want to have the best odds. And when I have a quarterback out there, and, a, and and you want to talk culture and all this shit and the right fit or whatever, well, how about you look at the culture and fan base and go, hey, you guys have seen these quarterbacks come in and out of the building. Why have they been in and out of the building? Why don't we do something different and break the mold? And they're not. In fact, I don't think I've seen uh, a, a quarterback least supported than anybody that's been on McDermott's teams. They just take away the talent for Tyrod Taylor. Well, we just can't get away with the 31st in the league passing attack. Or whatever how all the fans say had no tar- that hate him. And it's like... He had no targets. Yeah, how no about you give him some targets? You know... It, but, hey, he doesn't get rid of the ball. He has his flaws. There's things that Josh Allen and Nate Peterman that are doing, and I'm just like, huh, this looks weird to me. See, the thing with Tyrod. I haven't seen this in a while. You know, I, I, I don't, you know, I, I agree. I could see everybody's point on both sides of the fence. Whether to start Allen, to start Peterman, to keep Tyrod, to get rid of Tyrod, to start him at the time, to bench him. I, I see it. I get it. It's just, if you're going to say you're a smart team, do smart shit. You're not mm-hmm. doing smart shit. You have any thoughts? Anything left? Yeah, they're just like I don't know. I feel like it's like a lot of focus just strictly on the quarterback position when there's like those strong pieces around them, which is the offensive line and then the people he's gonna be giving the fucking ball to. And I feel like those pieces just like they weren't there. It's like you know the GM and the coaches like they were just so like heavily strong, like blaming it either on Tyrod last year or Peterman that they weren't looking at it like okay maybe our offensive line isn't that strong. Okay, maybe our receivers aren't that good you know and i just feel like they were like they're not up they didn't see that you know because they picked this quarterback up and like here we are like i don't i don't know if you guys picked up any young receivers i don't know if you guys picked up any linemen to add to that so no the, the linemen that they add and that they have on the team i'm gonna pretty much conclude this podcast right now in the next thing so i'm gonna work backwards here so to conclude the linemen that the bills the the, the reason that it's it's either if it's not, it, it's it's Brandon Bean because there's so much tape on these guys already that there's no excuse. Right. There's so much tape on these guys. And he's clearly willing to make trades. Well, where's your pro personnel staff? Like, are you guys not combing through rosters? And I'm sure when cuts come up, they're going to yeah. bring guys in. And they're going to be like, hey, 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 come this way. Come this way. Come this way. But it's like. Man, I would be on the phone with Richie Incognito and be supporting him with some nice PR campaign. 
that we're trying to help him or some bullshit to get his ass back in town. Okay? Because, like, this team needs a lot of help. Next, if it's not Brandon Bean's job then, and these are the pieces that the Bills have at the offensive line, and again, no disrespect to the players, but I'm just looking at the data here on results and what my eyes are seeing, I have to go along and say, well, then is it the coaching? Because that's the next tier, right? Before we get to player is the coaching. Right, well, Juan Castillo. I don't know the man. I don't want the man to lose his job. But if he's not doing his job, which is communicating to the players what he's supposed to do, and he is a common denominator left that was also the communicator last year who retained his job after the Bills offensive coordinator was fired here, which... I can give him a mulligan because Juan is only coaching what is told of him to coach, right? If he's the offensive line coach slash run game coordinator, which the run game was suspect, but you have LaShawn McCoy, and it could have been better. Mm -hmm. So it's like not for nothing. Where does the blame fall? So thank you for tuning in and listening, and thanks for listening to the Jalen Ramsey thing and having me go off on corporations even though i am incorporated it's just you don't have to suffocate everybody and bleed everybody dry is my main point <clears throat> excuse me and the people who run the league look in and see who owns these leagues you know so uh or these teams i should say and see what they do because just a little fyi i love the world i love people i love the bills and hopefully things will be cool and our bills can make us happy a little bit. But I just hope we're not in for a long, long season. And unfortunately, I think we are. So I'm your host, David Palermo. And that's RJ. RJ, say hello. Hey. Go Steelers. <laughs> Go Steelers. Um, and, uh, yeah, just follow along. NumBillsFan.com. We'll have everything uploaded, et cetera, et cetera. So thanks for tuning in, and uh, sorry to get off the tracks a lot of it on this one, but it's just been a fun conversation. Sometimes it's just nice to press record and go. Just inspired today to wake up and podcast. So it's been podcast number 187. I'm your host, David Palermo, and follow along. I'm Bill's fan on everywhere, and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you find your podcasts.